Amen. It's good to see you guys this morning. Are you happy with the choice of neighbor that you have that you're sitting next to? Lena? And have we, uh, have we enjoyed the series that has been Eden Education? This is the last one today. People are still like, yeah, yeah, no, that was a good one. Do you, have you felt challenged? Have you grown? Have you changed? Some of us, good. Okay, that's good. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I, it has been a different style. I realize that we have to talk about challenging stuff every so often, and it it's not normally the ones that get the amen. It's normally the ones that people go afterwards and go, I don't know if this is the church for me, if I'm honest. But we need to talk about it because there is a big problem in, in, in our lives and it is sin and we need to talk about these things and we need to change it and we need to grow. But I, I speak of it from a place of encouragement because I'm just so privileged that I have a Father God who looks to discipline and grow me and not just grow me to be a bit more like Liam, but to grow me to be a bit more like Jesus. How on earth did I deserve to be on that program? The application form to be able to be on a program to become more like Jesus should be crazy. How did I get into that university where God allows me to become more like Jesus? I do not deserve to be in it. This is better than Harvard. This is better than Oxford or Cambridge. I get to be on a journey where a Father, Holy Spirit lives inside of me and makes me more like Jesus. So yes, it has been challenging. Yes, it has been hard. But what a privilege. What a privilege to even remotely walk like Jesus. Even if I had one day where I walked like Jesus, what a privilege that would be. But I'll just share this with you briefly before I get into the message today. I've got, some, I've got a good amount of time, I think, haven't I? I'm going to anyway. I'm going to go all the way anyway. So, um, I've had the privilege recently of praying with three different men. Uh, two of them were in Portugal and one of them was here at Flow. And I had the privilege of saying to them, their sins have been forgiven. And it's really hit me. It really did something emotionally to me. Where I was able just to look at three men and see them cry as they led themselves to the Lord and, and started to believe in Jesus. And I was able to look at them. And even though they felt so ashamed of some of the things they'd done and some of that was shared with me, you know, they felt so ashamed by some of the things that they had done. And I was able to look at them and I say, well, now Jesus Christ has forgiven your sins. And I, as I'm saying it, I literally think to myself, who am I to say this? But this is what Christ has given me permission to do. I'm literally representing Christ when I say you're forgiven of your sin. And what a privilege. What a privilege. But to get there, I must continue to change. I must continue to grow. I must continue to wrestle with ugly bits about myself that I don't want to talk about. And I must wrestle, get them out into the light so that Jesus can make them like him. And it is a privilege. So I hope that you have enjoyed this series. And I hope that you take something away from it. Even if there's just one bit of your character that you want to change, you're just going to say, I'm not going to swear anymore. Or maybe you say, I'm not going to think about that person in that way anymore. I'm not going to think about myself in that way anymore. I hope you just found one thing. You think, I'm going to change that about me. Um, And I really do hope that you continue on that journey. Can I just give you a little recap? Yes, Liam. Fantastic. You can't really say no, so don't try. Just want to give you a recap of what we've been really talking about and just trying to sum it up, really, just so that you are with it. First of all, let's understand and recap that we all need to change. Everyone okay with that? 
No one is exempt from the rule. You do not hit a position of leadership. You do not hit a position in the church where you suddenly don't need to change anymore. In fact, I find the further up the ladder you go in leadership and all that kind of stuff, the more you need to change. The deeper I go into Christ, the more I realize I'm so unlike him. And so if you're ready for that journey, be prepared. When I first started, you know, you just Jesus picks out one thing, and now I feel like I've got nine different things trying to change all at the same time. I want you to be aware that we have things that we do that stop us changing. We run, we run, we hide, we hide from God, we don't want to talk about it, we don't want to go to church and we know it's going to be that tough week, we don't want to talk about it, we don't want to go there, I don't want to have the conversation with it. We blame others, it's a challenging one, we look at other people to say instead of dealing with my stuff I'm going to point out their stuff so that the distraction is taken, the projection is cast and the light can go on to them. And then as Emily spoke about the blaze you know, we have this blazing thing that it, it starts at the beginning and we've got to look at that and, and be aware of that blaze that comes within us. And then Mandy and uh, myself really spoke, spoke on as well, being filled with the Holy Spirit in order to change from within. That change does not come from our hard work and grit. You don't go, right, I'm now going to be more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit prompts you and moves you. And Mandy said you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I hope that just kind of gives you a little sum up, and I just wanted it to be important. And can I just say lastly, please know that one of the most important things that you can do in your life is look at the sanctification of your soul. Let me put that in layman's terms. Change your mind. Change your mind. That's one of the most important things you can do while you all deserve. Change your mind. Make your mind like Christ. Everything you think about, go through it again and think, was that like Christ? If it wasn't, change your mind. Okay? That's what we've been talking about with Eden Education, and I hope it has helped you. But today, we are going to go for one last time. We're going to look at Genesis 4 in a minute, and we're going to talk about giving of money and material possessions, if you want to throw that in as well. But today, we're going to focus on giving of our finances. Okay? How does that make you feel? You good? You excited about it? I want to share a bit of a journey I've had with it in a minute. But uh, we thought we'd start today by actually giving you an update. We're six months in now as a church, uh, for Flow Church, uh, for those that have come since Hythe Church. And um, I thought we'd be a good idea just to give you a practical update of our finances. Some people will love this. Some people go, right, finally, I'm in. I can lift. I'm going to amen this bit. Some people think I'm switching off now. That's okay if you don't if you don't want to do that. Um, but I've, I thought it'd be interesting for the chair of trustees, which is actually is my dad. Uh, I thought he'd be good for him to come and share, so that you have a practical update. Are you up for that? Does that sound interesting? Yeah, why not? Give dad a round of applause. Uh, Liam said, "Oh, hello. You're good." Liam says, "I've only got a minute." Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know me, and I think most of you do, I don't only do car parking, although I love car parking, let me say, but I am chair of the trustees. Why am I chair of the trustees? I think when the 12 or 15 people who were going to form the new church that, that Liam was creating, I was the oldest. So as a, as a fact of that, they said, you ought to be the chair of the trustees because there is, you, you fulfill that role. Do I have any qualifications? Actually, I think I do. Uh, ju- I, if I could work in, in numbers of seven, just to give you an idea about what I do. 
Uh, at DHL, the company I work for, I have a budget of 70 million euros I have to look after, so it's pretty massive. The other end of the scale, I'm also chairman of the trustees at Marlow Town Brass Band. Woo! Uh, they have a turnover of 7,000 pounds a year, so you can see the difference, uh, and you can see how that does. And you can see there how, how that works. Do I have any qualification in the way I love my Jesus? Yes, I think I do. Yeah, I think I do. My, my, I've been going to church all my life. In fact, if my mum was here, she would tell you I went to church before I was born while she was very pregnant. I'm trying that look, by the way. <laughs> Am I getting there for that? Um, she will tell you that that's the case, and, and I have loved Jesus all of my life. And Maria, I, I don't know where you've gone, Maria. Oh, you're there. Oh, I was with Sarah this morning. Sorry, Sarah, you talked this morning from Psalm 23. My granddad, when I was 18, he gave me the Living Bible, which at the time was a modern translation. It's probably not now, but it was then. And if you look at Psalm 23, the first verse they, they've changed, it says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Because he is my shepherd. I know that he's my shepherd. And he has poured into my life everything I need. And therefore, what else can I do but give it, be generous. Just pour out as much as is possible to do because whatever, whatever I give, whatever I do, he just pours on the top. I mean, it is amazing what he's done in my life. You don't want to hear all that because I haven't got time. I have to talk about finance. I think finance is important and I'm going to keep to the seven. Have we got some figures up here? Uh, let, let's talk about a couple of things. Finance for this church has been a bit funny because... Uh, we've only been going six months. We had, we've had a lot of donations. People helped us get set up. Not the least Kerith Community Church, but that's by the by. They gave us a pot of money that's helped us to get set up. So it means, as you think about monthly giving and trying to understand what we're doing here, it is a little bit difficult. Um, but we have two accounts, really. One you can see up there is our monthly, our monthly fund, a general giving, which we've got at 13,000. Uh, that's probably... Uh, if I'm honest, that's probably about two months' worth of running costs. We have a running cost, keep to my 7,000, we have a running cost of about 7,000 pounds a month. We've almost got two months' worth of running cost in our general fund. From a practical point of view, I would like to make that three months because I think if anything was to happen, we have a, we have a legal responsibility, we have some things we have to do, and I'd like to make that three months from a practical point of view. From our mission trip point of view, we have got, as you can see there, you can see that we got about £3,000. We need, I think, about 14, so that's two sevens. I'm, I'm, you can tell why I do the money, can't you? Uh, that's two sevens. So, so we've got some to go. Um, but, you know, we've already done and funded one trip. We have another one going uh, next week, week on Monday. Uh, so, you know, we're doing some great things in six months. You know, go back to what I said, because the Lord is our shepherd, he gives us everything and he pours into this church everything we need. So I thought it was good that you would see that. Uh, where can I do with some help? Actually, if any of you have got a financial background or a methodical mind, because I think that's what finance needs, and you want to help us manage the finance, that would be great. At the moment, it sits with the trustees, which is not ideal. It's not the greatest governance that we could have but it does because there is no one else so if only you're sitting there and you think my goodness I could do that as you can see the amounts of money we have to deal with that's great 
The other thing I would say is at the moment, our income, you remember what I said earlier, we need £7,000 a month roughly to operate. Our income, which is difficult because it is a bit messy, is about £5,000 a month. So we are a couple of thousand pounds a month short. If we carry on like we are, come the end of the year, we'll run out of money. But I don't believe that because the Lord is our shepherd. He will give us everything we need. But sometimes that gift for us comes through you. And if he gives it to you, then just pour it into him because my experience is the more you pour in, the more you get out. And I can only say that because I'm an old guy. And I've done it for years, and I've just seen God work in my life. And I know what he does uh, when you need... Oh, sorry, shall I shut up now? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so I hope that, thank you very much, Dad. I hope that helped you. Um, and also, we appreciate the effort and time you go into. My dad has a lot to do with his job. Uh, Brexit, obviously is a big hit for DHL, but um, so we appreciate the time and effort you give to uh, making all of that happen and looking after us. Uh, that's good. Is that helpful? Okay, fantastic. Would you want to get to the Bible? All right, let's open up our Bibles. Let's go to Genesis 4, verses 1 to 7, and uh, then we're going to preach this thing, and then later on, we're going to get the, the uh, giving station up the front. We're going to celebrate together. We're going to dance. We're going to sing, and you can all come forward and give your offering to the Lord for the mission fund projects, which is what my dad was talking about. Okay, got your Bible? Do you like it? Do you like your Bible? Have you been reading Genesis 3 and 4? Sure, why not? You've been reading Revealing the Saints, though? Of course. Genesis 4, verse 1 says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of, his, of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard on Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry, and why, have you, why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door and its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Everybody give me an amen. Okay, challenging bit for us today. And I hope this is going to be, this is probably going to be a little bit challenging. And let me be real with you from the start. Uh, I definitely had to fight a fear in preparing and bringing this message this week. I'm telling you not to make you feel like, oh, you know, that's, I had to fight that. And that's just, but I'm trying to be real with you. And I'm trying to help you understand something that God spoke to me about. I had a fear. Why do I have a fear? Well, it's very easy because people get funny when you talk about money. Okay, I don't know why, but we do. Maybe that's why it's so important. And uh, we do. It just happens. And even in myself, when God asked me to do something with my finances, even in myself, I sense it and I feel it. And I feel that wrestle within myself. So I had this fear this week because I thought, God, I'm young. We're only here for six months. I'm already asking these people for this amount of money. And I was like, you know, what are they going to think? Is this going to be okay? All these kind of things. And God was quite annoyed at me. Can I be real with you? God was quite annoyed, and God, God can be quite straight with me. He knows that that helps me a lot. So he can be quite straight with me, and he, he was quite annoyed at me. He said, Liam, you don't understand. And I was like, God, please help me understand. He's like, you should have no fear. And he said, actually, your demonstration of fear is showing a lack of faith in me. And I was like, yes, sir, I'm now listening, whatever you want. 
And he said it to me, and, and I was like, what, what do you mean by that? And he said, you, ha- you have no faith in my principle of giving. And I realized it's true. My fear comes because I really don't believe God is going to do what the God said he was going to do. That's where my fear comes from. Uh, can I be real? Are you with me on that? Because I'm asking you to give money, and in the Bible it says if you give money, God is only going to bless your life more abundantly than when you had it before. So actually, I should actually be encouraging you to do this because it's only going to bless your life. God was trying to demonstrate to me that the principle of giving is actually really good news. It's really good news. It is incredible. It is a blessing upon your life when we give out. When God blesses us and we bless others, it is a huge blessing and privilege to you and to me. And actually, my fear demonstrated that I don't really believe that. And so I repented before the Lord and I fasted and prayed over it this week. And I just gave it to the Lord and said, you know what, God, when I get up there today, I'm going to give it with a smile on my face because I know that I'm bringing good news to these people. And they might think, no, I'm trying to grab money or whatever. Trust me, I'm not. God is way richer than you. I'd rather ask, ask him. But please understand, I'm going to come with a smile and an easiness today because I truly believe that the, give, the principle of giving in the Bible is going to bless your life. It's going to bless it. What's the verse I just read out to you? If you test God in giving, it's the only time, by the way, you're allowed to test God in giving. How cool is that? He will give you back more than you gave him. Now, do you give for that reason? Absolutely not, because you give for the reason that you get to. It's a privilege to give back to God after he has given us so much. Abel is our demonstration here. He saw it as a privilege to give to God, give back to God, I should say. Hasn't God given us so much? Do I, do I need to go on that one? Do I need to make that point harder so you, you were with me on that? God has given us his only son. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to celebrate his death and his resurrection. He gave us his one and only son. He gave us his Holy Spirit. He gave us a relationship with the Father. He has gone above and beyond. And Abel saw it as a privilege to be able to give something back. Which is why, by the way, Abel was very happy to give his fat and his first, or his first and his fat. And that's the principle I want us to have with giving. That's the attitude I want us to have. I want us to have an attitude that says, I'm going to give my fattest and I'm going to give my first. Because, not, not because I have to, but because I absolutely get to. Like I've been saying, what a privilege to walk like Jesus. What an absolute delight to be able to walk like him and be disciplined by him. What an absolute delight to be able to say, God, I'm actually able to give you something back. After all that you've done for me, I'm able to come back to you and say, God, let me give you something that actually does some value, means something to you. It actually represents something. And and I just think that is a beautiful thing. And so, you know what? Can I stand here today without any fear? Even if you look at me with a thunder face today, which does happen, by the way. We won't talk about that one today. Even if you just look the other way when I look at you, and even if you get uncomfortable, I'm going to stand up here with a smile because what I believe I'm teaching you is an absolute blessing to your life. If you don't want to receive it, that's your decision. I would never pressure anyone to receive it. But if you would like to come on the ride with me, put a smile on your face and say, you know what, I'm excited to become more generous. I'm excited to give back to God, and I'm excited to learn a principle that's going to bless my life. Is that okay? Because I have no fear today. Well, I'm trying to have no fear. 
I know whatever you give today, God will look after you because the Lord is your shepherd and you shall not need. And in Malachi, he says, look at me and test me on this. I will open up the, the windows of heaven. Didn't know heaven had windows, but now we do. And I will pour out so much blessing and there'll be no need among you. So I know there'll be no need among you when you give. And that's exciting to me. But it feels countercultural to our instinct. To, for there to be no need, I must collect and gather more. No, no, to, get, to have no need, you must give out more. Okay, so you ready for this? Okay, I'm gonna, that was my uh, applying the anesthetic and anesthesia for this surgery that we're about to do together. Now comes the scalpel, everybody. Are you, are you good? Just turn to the person next to you who's about to get, I don't know. Oh, I d- I don't ignore me, sorry. I was trying to make it fun. It's a bit scared, you see? I was trying to make it fun so I didn't have to say the serious thing. Don't give in to fear, Liam. Give in to faith. Can I apply the scalpel? Giving is a great blessing for you, but please hear me on this, and please try and take what I'm saying very seriously. God takes giving very seriously. In fact, it's actually a little bit scary how serious God takes it. Can I, can I show you how? What I find really interesting, and in this Bible, I hope you're learning from me that no word is in the Bible by accident. I hope you're learning that. The word in the Bible, when it's talking about Abel and Cain, it says that God had no regard for Cain. Do you find that word interesting? I found that word interesting. In some other translations, it talks about the favor of God, that Cain did not receive the favor. But I decided to do some research on this word regard. And really what it means is to gaze upon or to gaze at or to look at. You see, what the Bible was saying is that Abel gave God an offering which caused God to gaze at him. And then Cain brought an offering which meant that God couldn't gaze at Cain. Now, that is extremely serious. I can understand that maybe right now you're still letting that sink in. But that is actually really extremely serious. Can I explain to you why that is very serious? Because that means that in our giving... By not giving back to God, by not giving to him what he has asked of us to give, we can actually make God look away from us. That is incredibly serious. Why is that so serious? Because God is in love with you more than anybody else in the world. God loves you more than anybody else. He loves you more than your husband, more than your wife, more than your kids, more than, more than your grandparents, more than your parents. There is nobody in the world that loves you more than God, which means that God's love will always, always, always be looking for a way to have regard for you. Absolutely all the time. In fact, as God is looking and has regard on you, there'll be other people that fall away because you lose your regard with them. And there'll be people that don't like you because you do good things and you'll lose your regard. There'll be people that don't like you because you did bad things and you'll lose your regard. But God will always want to, if it is absolutely possible for him to do it, his regard will always be on you because his love is relentless. His love is passionate. His love goes on above and beyond. It is unconditional. He is regarding you as much as he can. So if something happens that means his regard is lost from you, that is serious. Think about this. Cain lost the regard of God. 
I, I, I honestly don't know because now I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I honestly don't know whether I can even comprehend what that might feel like. I, I don't know fully on the theology of it, but it just struck me when I saw it. Something so serious happened. When Cain did not give, not only did he not give, he didn't give his best. Cain gave. You understand? Cain gave. Some of us will even struggle just to give today. Cain gave. But he didn't give the best. He didn't give the first. He didn't give the utmost. He didn't give the most sacrificial. And it lost the regard of God. Then about you, I do not want to lose the regard of God. Now, I don't know how it works from a New Testament point of view, and I don't want to necessarily go there this morning, but I just want to make sure when I give that God's able to fix his eye on me. Because if God loves me the most, and he's struggling to have regard on me, how hard will it be for everyone else around me? It is serious. Do you feel the scalpel going in? And do you know what's really annoying? This is only the first four chapters of the Bible. And God already brings up giving. Ever thought about that? In fact, not only that, but it's actually the first incident of people that were born outside the Garden of Eden. Cain and Abel, the first two people born outside the Garden of Eden. It is the first problem that they seem to have. Their first blockage, according to the Bible, is the fact that they didn't want to give. Cain didn't want to give. That's the first problem we see in the Bible outside the Garden of Eden. That is something significant. Guys, there are 1,188 chapters in the Bible. And in the first four, God talks about giving. And it doesn't stop there. In fact, if you go right to the last, so Revelation is the last book, but that's a big book of imagery. If you go to the book before that, the book of Jude, actually, let me read it to you. You'll find this fascinating. Well, I did anyway, so just pretend that you did, otherwise I'll feel bad. Jude 1, 11. There's only one chapter in Jude. So right at the end of the Bible, it says, Woe to them, they have taken the way of Cain. Not only that, they have rushed for prophets into Balaam's error. We won't go into that one. Think about this. Right at the start of the... Let's start this side. Right at the start of the Bible, Genesis 4, first problem we see, people born outside the Garden of Eden. What is it? Giving. What is one of the last challenges you read about the Bible? Giving in exactly the same way and exactly the same problem Cain had. God takes this extremely seriously. I wish he didn't because then I wouldn't have to talk about it so much. But he does. Can, can I dig deep? Can the, can the scalpel go in a bit more? Just one more time, Okay. Good shout. I like the honesty, Marie. <laughs> it's so challenging. Honestly, studying for this has, <laughs> has made me revolutionize our giving. I'm like, I've just got to give everything. <laughs> Please. That's the first bit of the Bible. End bit of the Bible challenges again with the way of Cain. And the fact they said Cain just blew my mind. Can I read some verses in the middle? And I promise they're not as nice. Should we do it? Let's do it. We can all do this one together. If you want to hold a hand of the person next to you, say, get ready. You can. Pretend that the roller coaster protection is coming down. Hold it. Put, apply the seat belt. I want to read some Bible verses too. In fact, you know what, guys? I didn't even pick the worst ones because they were just too, too crazy. I just couldn't do it to you this morning. I'll tell you which ones I ignored, though. So I've got a few verses for you. We'll start a bit softer and we'll get harder as we go. This is not Liam. Don't please leave saying, Liam said that. I didn't say it. 
God said it. Do not put this pressure on me. I don't want that pressure as your pastor. God said it. Let him be in charge. If you have a problem, go take it to Jesus. All right? Email Jesus at church. He's just, he doesn't have age. It's just church. That was a funny joke off the cuff. Okay. Uh, you ready? Matt, you ready? Let's do the first one. Luke 3.11. And he answered them. This is Jesus. Whoever has two tunics or two shirts or two coats or two of anything is to share with him who has none. And whoever has to do likewise. No questions asked. No problem about it. If you have two of something and somebody has none of something, give it. It's the first one. Let's do number two. If any among, if any among you, one of your brothers should, uh, if among you, one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns within your land that the Lord your God has given you, you shall not harden your heart. Please note, by not giving, you harden your heart. That's a side point. You can write that down. Or shut your hand against your poor brother. But you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. That's the bit that got me. I shouldn't ask questions about how he got there. I shouldn't start to judge his lifestyle and think, well, that's his problem he needs to do with it. No, if there is need amongst us, give to it. Starting to, if Nando's, this is now, we're going to go medium heat. As for the rich in the present age, charge them not to be haughty or arrogant. By the way, guys, if you live in England you are already in the like top 5% richest people in the world. If, you have, if your family has two full-time jobs, you're in the top three. I mean, you can look at different studies. Different studies have different numbers. But basically, guys, we are up there. This is talking to us. Do not be arrogant. Nor to set their hopes on uncertain of uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides for us with everything to enjoy. Let's turn up the temperature. Oh, sorry. They're, they are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Please point on this. You shouldn't be asked to share. You should be ready to share. We shouldn't necessarily have to do a big offering day because as soon as you've got it and you've got it spare, it's given. Oh, man, I I'm, just, I'm challenging myself saying this, okay? <laughs> I'm saying some things. I'm like, Jesus, that just not come out through my mouth. But that's what it's saying. It is a challenge. This is in the middle of the Bible, okay? Okay, uh, is this the next one? That's the end of it. That's fine. Let's skip to the next one. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. This also is vanity. That becomes your idol, if that becomes your goal in life to earn more money, it, it can become vanity. And the next one, this is going to get hot, by the way. This is hot. This is temperature hot. <sighs> this is a challenge one. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Is that extra hot? Is that... How can God's love abide in you if you don't give? Now, obviously, this is talking way beyond money. I hope you, you know, I'm sure you can be wise enough to apply that to your life. But your time serving at church, 
going and listening to your neighbor when you know something's just happened? How can God's love abide in us? And I threw this one at the end just because I thought it would be funny for us all to talk about. Jesus said to him, Jesus, not Liam, Jesus Christ said, if you would be perfect, which by the way, we all made perfect by the righteousness of God, so we count in this, go, sell what you possess and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and then come follow me. Sell everything. How was Jesus' command to someone who asked Jesus, can I come with you? Can I follow you? He said, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Just sell everything. Give it to the poor. Come with me. Trust me, your treasure is going to be in heaven. And this is coming from a guy, by the way, who was homeless. Jesus walked around homeless. Had nothing of his own in some sense. All he had were the clothes that he wore. I, I can't even... Do you know what I mean, I can't even comprehend what that even practically looks like. How did the saviour of the world walk around like that? Maybe I, maybe I need to do some more. I don't know. It challenges me, right? God takes this seriously. Guys, I want to mention, I didn't even talk about Acts 5. If you know Acts 5, there's death involved. And I, I don't even want to go there today. Please hear me. I'm just quoting scripture. I know it's going to challenge you. Unfortunately, that's what the Bible does because it's changing our mind. And he's trying to teach us to become more generous, Christ-like people. Does that sound fun to you? Would you like to do that? Now, if you don't are asking me, Liam, but come on, are you really asking me to sell everything I have and give it away? No, not necessarily. Let me give you some practical wisdom to apply to this biblical truth. When the Bible talks about giving, it very often talks about giving to need. Did you see that? It's a common theme that runs through it all. Giving to need. In Acts 2, it says that there was no needy people amongst the believers. God wants you to give to need. So does that mean if you need to pay your mortgage, you should give to it? Yes. If I need to, you know, buy more clothes or buy a pair of shoes, do I need to buy it? You just do it. You give to need. But it also means that whenever you visit another church and you hear about their need, you give to it. It also means that when you sit with a family, you've learned they haven't gone on holiday for two years, you give to it. That when you see a need in somebody else's life, you give to it, no matter what the circumstance, no matter your judgment upon the person. You might think, well, it's their sinful behavior that got them into that poor lifestyle. Well, it was our sinful behavior that got us into a poor spiritual lifestyle. If God waited for us to figure that out, we would never be saved. So you and I must give practically even when we don't even think it's the best thing to do. What you give is up to you. If you don't want to give money, if you want to give food, that's fine. Go ahead. But you must give to need. This is a challenge to me because I see need probably way more than I think I see it. I must open up my eyes and say, where is the need around me? Where do I need to give? That's what God is asking. He's not saying that you have to now go home, everyone sell their houses and we'll just live here at the high center 
It's not what he's saying. Maybe he is saying that. Maybe he would say something because he was homeless. I don't know. Uh, this, was, this is Liam's temperature gauge for it right now. But give to need. Soon as you see it, without question, give to it. That's what God is trying to teach to us. Is this helping? Shall I soften it up a bit now? Shall we start? We close the wound. Shall we close the wound? Yeah, I feel like you've gone too deep. Some of you are like, I've gone too deep. Let's, let's close the wound. Let's close the wound. God doesn't just take it seriously to stop you walking like Cain. He takes it seriously so he can bless you like Abel. Now, you might say, well, Liam, Abel got murdered, so that doesn't sound like a great blessing of a life. That's just what I said to God. I was like, God, well, he died, so. But please hear me. Something significant that happened for Abel. I think we read over the Bible and we just read things so quickly. It's very serious when God couldn't look at Cain. That's extremely serious. But the Bible says that he did have regard and favor for Abel. You might think, well, of course, that's, that's normal because we talk about favor and blessing all the time. Please understand, they had just been kicked out of the Garden of Eden for their own blessing, by the way. We'll go on that another day. Been kicked out of the Garden of Eden. They were probably thinking, is that it now? Are we, are we just screwed forever? Is this, is this now, are we broken the whole thing forever? Are we ever going to see anything? It must have been so dark. Imagine you walk into a world that has no blessing or no structure or no infrastructure to support human life. It is just a barren wasteland. And God has turned his back on you. He's kicked you out of the garden. You must be questioning. You must be asking, what is our future? What's going to happen to me? But the fact that Abel brought his fat and his first to God and God looked with favor upon him is a huge statement of hope. It's hope. The fact that God could look at Abel with favor, even though he's not in the garden, even though he's been outside the blessing, even though he's wandering a barren wasteland, he can still receive the favor of God. That would have been huge to them. So yes, he might have died and been killed by his brother, but he received something then that was hope to the whole of mankind. That even when you live in a sinful world, God can still bless your life abundantly. And it's still the same true today. Even though we wander this barren wasteland, even though we wander this world where God is not the king, where God is like, you know, he's trying to, you know what I'm trying to say. Even though we're wandering this world, God can still bless you. God can still use you, even though you're in an office that is toxic and you don't know what to do about it. God can still bless you. Even though you're in a family and you wonder, how did I get here? God can still bless you. Even if you're wondering, Liam, I'm poor and I'm struggling. God can still bless you. It is a sign. It is hope. The principle of giving is hope. Because there is something you can do in your life where you know automatically you'll receive the favor of God. Whenever I give, I'm, get the favor. Do you remember I said this to you a couple of weeks ago? When you thank God, you're in the will of God. It's an automatic way into the will. Let me tell you, when you give, it's an automatic way to get favor. Proverbs 18, 16. A gift makes way. In the ESV, it says a gift makes a room for a man. Your gift creates space for favor to fill your life. That's good. Do you understand how serious this is? 
Like God is not only looking to not make you go down a bad path in a serious way. He's trying to be serious so that you'll understand there's such a good path to walk down. Because Malachi 3.10 is real. It is a real thing. It is a real, put it to the test. If you try and outgive God, he will always abundantly bless you. You cannot outgive him. I'm looking forward to when I go to heaven and say, God, I need to see the score sheet. Who won? I want to see it. I want to see how much he's blessed my life. Giving will earn us favor. There is such a promise in it. Is this good? Has this helped you? I do need to stop now. But I feel like, I hope it's sunk in with you. Okay? God takes this thing seriously throughout the whole of the Bible. Takes it seriously so we don't walk down the path of Cain. He takes it seriously that we might walk down the path of Abel and walk in his favor and his abundance. If you're struggling to know what that means practically, whenever you find a need, just give. Just give. Just give. What we're going to do in a minute, I'm going to let you pray and have a moment to breathe. Uh, we're going to get the uh, giving station. Ben, I wonder if you just go grab that for us. That'd be great. And we're going to put it up here. In a minute, I'm going to ask the band to come up. Not right now. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. They're going to play. And uh, you have some sheets on your seat, and it's a pledge card. So if you don't necessarily know that if you can physically give today, you can pledge today. Or maybe you want to spend a couple of minutes actually going on your banking app, or maybe you want to get your cash out and get it ready. And then you're going to put it in the giving envelope, and we're going to do that. Oh, the bank details are on the envelope if you need them. Are you with me? I know you're getting distracted now. Ben, just come bring it up here for me. Okay. You got your envelope? Look at me, look at me, look at me. Don't get distracted just yet. Look at me for a moment. Thank you, Ben. We don't have to do it right now because the band are going to play for us. They're going to give us a couple of minutes to do it. So don't have to panic about doing it now. We're going to give you plenty of time to do it. I did realize I haven't even mentioned where the money's going yet. I do apologize. I got carried away with the, the biblical principle. Uh, this money, we're trying to raise £14,000 to fund our mission trips this year so that it can level out the cost of the mission trips so that anybody can come. Also to look for ways to bless the people when we travel. And it will also be blessing in Europe, but also be blessing our hospitals, our schools, and our prisons work here in the local community. Excellent. Just to let you know, that we have already raised 6,000. People have actually just come to us and said we want to give to the mission. And so we've actually raised 6,000 pound already, which means today we're looking to raise 8,000. Do I have any fear about that number? No, it's just a goal. God will give whatever he prompts you to give, right? Just give whatever you feel like God has asked you to give. I'm not worried about a number, but I do believe it's here. I do believe it's amongst us. And then that money is then going to go towards funding all of those things so that we can make sure as a church we are always outreaching. And if we get this done, that means for the rest of the year, we know no matter how else the money goes, we'll be able to do outreaching projects. That excites me. That's why I put this one forward. Okay? Nothing else practical. Oh, and after that, we're going to get the kids back in. We're going to dance and sing. And then you can come forward in that song and put all your envelopes in and enjoy the moment. Because we want you to celebrate you receiving the